Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the LYFoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Everybody, and welcome back to the LAF podcast. Monica here, and today I'm really happy and excited. I'm actually um, interviewing in person. I usually do interviews via Zoom, and they're, they're, that's great. There's nothing like feeling people's energy in person. So, very grateful. And I am interviewing today Sunbone, which is a duo comprised of Mel and Chris. They have featured for us at our Love Yourself Expression events in the past. And I'm just so happy to get a chance to deep dive with them, get everybody to hear more about their stories, their musical journey, their personal journeys. And then also we felt really called to talk about relationships too. So I'm really excited of everything we're going to chat about. So hello, Chris and hello, Mel. I'll pass it over to Mel first. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here to share this moment, to be present and to just learn and express. I woke up today feeling really crazy. It's been a crazy winter for me, a lot of transformation, but I realized that we are all going through things collectively and we're all here for it. And there's no reason to feel weird when things are up and down. So I'm just being present and I'm gonna pass the mic on over to Mr. Chris. Yo, this is Mr. Chris here. I am excited to be on this podcast. Number one to overshare, cause I'm all about the gossip. I'm gonna keep it short. Here's back to you, Monica. I'm excited to hear what you're gonna overshare about. But yes, my, my first question that I always love to ask people on here is what is it that you love about yourself and why I find that growing up, I never got to hear that enough. And so I really like to ask that question now because it's so easy to bring criticism to ourselves and not enough praise. So let's lift each other up. Who'd like to start? Yeah. It's funny that you're asking that question because the other day I started this thing with my friend where it was just say five things that you love about yourself. And we both struggled, but it's so easy to, like you said, pick apart the things that need working on. It's a great question. And I'd have to say the thing that I love about myself is that I'm true 
and I'm always down to, to look at myself and in the mirror and just be okay with whatever that is and embrace that. But yeah, honest and true. Love that Mel. (laughs) What about you, Chris? Oftentimes I feel like I'm an empty room and I just enjoy being able to contain um, and experience whatever passes through. And also when it feels right to rearrange because I love this about myself, but also about the act in itself, rearranging a room is so nice. And that's, I think that encompasses a lot of what I love about myself. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because a lot of times, especially in yoga, it's taught to be mindful of your spaces, right? Your physical spaces and making sure everything's are clean because in a way it's like a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. And I find that whenever I get too uh, crazy or sporadic, my space reflects that. (laughs) So I really love that you brought that up, Chris, because it is so applicable. It really is all connected. So it's, yeah, it's great that you see that in yourself to be able to easily change when needed and, or clean up (laughs) when needed, but wonderful. Not necessarily easily. Sometimes you got to take the afternoon on that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it takes. (laughs) But awesome. So why don't we chat first a little bit more about your musical journeys? How did it begin for you both? And then how did you guys come together? So... Who'd like to take it? Who'd like to take it on first? <laughs> I don't know if this is picking it up, but we've got some huskies, I believe, in the other room, and I think that they are telling my story because this sounds really familiar. So I'll, I like to begin with. Oh, but to make a very long story short, music for me has been several lives and several deaths. And this most recent one began at the Memorial Garden over off of Charleston and Third. And a good friend of mine, Sonia Barcelona, who used to be really hesitant to tell people that I taught her first chords on guitar, but I think she's fully accepted that I'm responsible for all of the greatness that has since leaked from her. Okay. But anyway, um, she invited me over to the Memorial Park and Mel was also going to the park with her. And it seemed that Mel was looking uh, to set some of her poetry to song. And I feel like that is my life's work. And sometimes the next step in your journey just presents itself uh, with a bald head and an open heart. So that is as much as I'm going to say on that. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to bark about it. But yeah, bald head. I was bald at the time. That felt really great. Yeah, for me, Chris nailed it about the how we joined. It was through a mutual friend. And I think that's so beautiful when it just flows organically. And that's how it felt from the get-go. I've been in many musical projects and my MO is to just be insecure and just follow their lead. But with Chris, it was this really organic, kind of thing where he would shift a little bit around my melodies and then I would go with his music and it was such a beautiful dynamic and as far as my musical journey I loved to sing I loved to write poetry and it was something that I kept for myself and I would tell myself this is just for me this is how I get my emotions out but to share it to share deeper things within myself with others was always this terrifying 
thought that could become a reality. And it was actually through the Love Yourself Foundation that I became more comfortable behind a mic through emceeing. And I realized fear is the real telling thing about certain directions you need to go in life and facing those fears really helped build the confidence. So it was very slow sharing acapella poetry at first and then meeting Chris and just experimenting with all these different people and finally feeling he really made the space for me to just be myself and express. And with that support, I felt so much more inclined to write and having that backbone of all the music theory that he knows and being such a talented musician, I felt it was a really awesome space to grow. So I'm very thankful for Chris and our relationship musically and just as a friend, because it's hard to work with people sometimes. The two energies, they don't necessarily flow. One can be more dominant. And it's a beautiful thing when you find that connection. Yeah, music for me has been the thing that's grown my confidence the most. It was a very insecure journey for me, but it also changed my life to be able to have this thing that could physically show me how much I was growing in the expression of myself on deeper levels and feeling heard and feeling seen by others and also feeling deeper connection with people. So I think that's what music really does for us all, right? It helps us to connect with parts of ourselves that are on a deeper level that we want to bring out, even if it's just happiness or joy or or if it is sadness or a melancholy moment, music is all about communicating without it's a whole energy. It's not just words. It's the whole composition of it that helps us to connect in deeper ways. And I've connected to myself more. I've connected to people more through music and I feel very blessed. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Chris, as well. Yesterday I heard something really neat on the Spanish show and they were saying how music is really a, the true form of democracy. It's some, or yeah, it's something that we can really all really agree on no matter what political views you have. And that really resonated with me because really what music will touch upon is emotion and we all experience emotions, every human, no matter what skin color you have, no matter what your gender is, it really is something that I think helps all of us stay in touch with our humanity. And that's why I'm passionate about helping and uplifting and uh, empowering the art community because Again, I feel like the arts is what helps us stay sane, no matter what's happening in the world. And I know for me, through every dark episode I've ever had, apart from going to therapy and all the other therapeutic practices that exist, music helps me to come back and remember it's going to be okay. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. How has music, art, all of it helped you, especially during this time of pandemic. We're still in it, but hopefully the sign is showing that things might get really better this year. So what a two years it's been. And I think a lot of us are, might be even experiencing some form of burnout. So how has music helped you? How has art helped you these past couple of years? And what are some maybe words of hope that you can say to folks that are listening today? Oh, man. 
Music honestly is like a compass for me because it's something that I can throw myself into for several hours and and still feel like it's pulling me somewhere. It's, I'm not sinking into my like couch and spiraling about it necessarily. But then again, sometimes I do spiral about it. Ooh, yeah. The last two years in particular, though, I feel like there's been a lot of teaching and there was somebody I was really close to that I lived with for the first year of pandemic that we just had so much time together in a flat, which was honestly great. But also it's just, damn, what do you talk about after a couple of weeks? <laughs> and a lot of it turned out to be like uh, communicating what I feel like I've learned about guitar playing and watching another person grow musically has been one of my like greatest joys in this entire thing because as i have exchanged with my boy ziggy who is now my astrologer he used to be the my roommate inside of my car hey, <laughs> hey shout out ziggs i love you man love you god all right <laughs> okay but um, anyway i was gonna say that art in general but music specifically for me i feel like as a per- reflection of the cosmos and this there's an endless well of inspiration and wisdom to draw from And in times when literally everything is unsure, that is a great anchor. Uh, Back to you, Mel. Roger that. Yeah, dude, for sure. I completely agree that it really is this abstract expression that connects us all. For me personally, the past two years pandemic, I think some people struggle being alone, isolated, but I grew up that way in many different ways. I grew up homeschooled in the church and I learned how to really enjoy being alone. So pandemic for me was, I was coasting. I'm like, oh, I don't have to be anxious about canceling plans or feel the need to reach out and make sure anybody's, of course I wouldn't make phone calls and stuff, but to physically not have to be there for anybody but myself I had the greatest time the greatest time but not to not to make anybody's suffering (laughs) situation with that to make them feel bad about it but just personally I had I loved being in lockdown and musically I definitely explored a lot of different music but for me I feel that music helped me so much in finding my voice. I think so often I was trying and music for me is tapping into that, that flow that is just innate within all of us. We all have our truth and that truth fluctuates and evolves, but we can always tap in there when we shut down our mind and we shut down all the emotions or at least treat them like waves. And when we just open and open to that flow, it's, the most beautiful experience ever. And there's just that feeling of just being Mm -hmm. and whatever you're expressing from that just feels right. So it helped me to find my truth, to find my voice, to find what was resonating with me vibrationally, because so often I'm in my head. I'm so in my head. I'm always thinking so much. I'm seeing I'm so hard on myself, but with music and don't get me wrong, the beginning of my music career, I was still hard on myself when I was working with other people. I was like, oh my God, I don't think I'm good enough. But 
just for myself and then continuously sharing it, being able to just explore with music and feel myself and feel what I needed to express and flow. And I love the fact that I'm really honing this skill of freestyling, whether it's just pen and paper or getting a beat going and throwing my own melody in there and letting the words just come out, not have to judge myself at all. So music really helped me to learn how to not judge myself and to just be myself. Bravo. I love that. (laughs) Right now, I was just thinking about the dynamic, both of you and this music relationship together and how much communication I'm sure comes into play. And so I feel like that may be a good segue to talk more about relationships. How have potentially past relationships or current relationships helped the both of you as you continue to work together? And then from there, talk about some (laughs) romantic relationships or anything that um, you might want to share that has helped uh, in your journey. Something you're going to have to understand about Sunbound is band practice is often just the 15 minutes that we'll catch like in the car or something. And it usually starts with, so what happened today? (laughs) And then, oh man. And then just flipping through a journal or just like four songs of flowing later. It's damn, do we just have a whole ass other set? (laughs) I'm like, honestly, it's bullshit. (laughs) I don't know. I, I would say that just learning about ourselves through our relationships is it makes a lot of the content of our songs and can't even be mad about it. Here's the email. Oh man, I agree, dude. It's not, we, I practice afterwards. I practice the, <laughs> I practice what we just bullshitted about. We just, a lot of the time we write music on our own and come together and we're just like, Hey, when you think about this, or do you have a melody or let's just create a mood off of this one word or but most of it is just, what are you feeling today? What are you going through? What's happening? And this melody popped into my head. What do you think? So it's really more about just holding space for each other. And I don't know. I feel that Chris is so talented that he can just write something in two seconds. So that part comes very easily. I can share. I'm going to have to interrupt you on this one. (laughs) All right. One thing that I really love about working with Mel, she knows how to complete an idea, (laughs) which is something that I have struggled with in the past because it's I'll start a song and it'll be like such a banger, but I'll do a verse and a chorus and then be unable to return to that particular voice. But then what's really nice is that when she does have an idea, which is often like I don't know. There's just, there's not much to add. I feel like sometimes I'm just putting a ribbon on a present and this is also bullshit because <laughs> uh, what I've, what I've had to come around to through uh, several turns around the toilet bowl before it finally flushed is <laughs> it doesn't matter how good you are at anything if you don't have anything to say. And yeah, dude, it just comes up with fucking something and just boom, there's the response and it's a flow. Super inspiring. Uh, even as a seasoned old fart. And that's all I have to say about that. Back to you, Mel. Yeah, I think it's just the dynamic. It's just, we're both 
backbones in different ways. I'm more abstract. He's more of the kind of support and organized structure, but then we also flip in um, that way too. So it's just the relationship. I feel like the biggest part of a relationship is the not creating a polarity. It's just always coming together and to see the yin and the yang and the contrast and to somehow bring it together in a way that flows. Some things don't mix, but in, I think that's why relationships to me are about love and embracing, but it's also about telling the truth. And I think I always grab that from Ram Dass because I feel that applies to me in every single aspect of my life. Loving yourself is the part where you're free to express. And the telling the truth is the part where you don't deny that there's some interference in areas and you acknowledge the not mixing of something without judgment, without creating this space where one feels that they have to defend themselves. Yeah, I just feel that relationships in general, they're all about that balance between the self-love. So you getting able to be yourself fully and then the loving others. And I feel like the self-love is the telling the truth and the loving others is just embracing and allowing for that person to express too. And those both are interchangeable too, because we have to tell the truth to people, but it's you do it in a way that isn't triggering when you're in a solid dynamic. And I feel that's where the true flow happens where it's, Oh, did you hear that? Oh, I think I want to go lower there. You know what? I'm straining here or let's take it in this direction. Do you feel that? I feel it flowing over here now and it not being this thing of taking it personally and just keep on trying until that flow. And I think that's a big deal about relationships is understanding that you have to learn each other's energy and you have to learn each other's flow. And the way that happens, the quickest way is to not throw judgment on it and to just feel it out, let it happen, embrace all of it, and then be honest about it. Oh, okay. This is what works. Oh, I keep, this is how you work. Cool. It doesn't flow with me. Actually, it does flow with me. Cool. But yeah, relationships are such an amazing space to learn about each other and learn about ourselves, which helps the unity, I feel. I love that you brought up Ram Das as well, because I actually mentioned him in the last episode that I did <laughs> because I freaking love him. And he, yeah, like, I feel like I'm getting a lot of, like, he's following me right now in a really good way. Love you, Ram Das. <laughs> For those of you that may not know who he is, he passed away December of 2019. He was a Harvard professor who became quite spiritual as a result of going to India and then became a huge advocate of yoga in general in the West. So he, thanks to him, a lot of us even learned about what yoga was and Indian philosophy. So highly recommend checking him out. So yeah, I love that you brought him up, Mel. <laughs> but I was also, as I was listening to you. I was thinking about that uncertainty and that fear that can come on when you're at like the precipice of liking somebody new and how scary that can be sometimes to like be able to open up your heart again when you know that's what you want. 
So any wisdom and that you all would like to share or even like the power of saying goodbye to potentially like a toxic dynamic in your life or an unhealthy dynamic in your life. Yeah. Whichever resonates more with you. If you'd like to talk more about like that newness, that fear of taking on something new or the wisdom that comes when knowing you just have to walk away from somebody who'd like to take it on first. I'll take the bullet, buddy. I'll take the bullet on this. Bite the bullet. Gosh, relationships we learn so much from and the pain and the suffering that they bring helps us to grow. But in the midst of it, um, just letting someone go is so hard because there is love there. And it's that I think it goes back to the self-love and the loving others and having a balance between those two. I, I had a tendency in the past especially in romantic relationships to shrink myself a bit and accommodate. And people have no clue that when someone's doing that, they just, whatever you're presenting them, especially, um, well in new relationships, whether they're a friendship or a partnership, we want to, you meet the, this version of them first, that isn't quite fully them. They're keeping some aspects for later, saving, saving some shadow for you. And then there's the propensity to, to show the areas that we really shine in. And then the other part of that is seeing them and being very keen on what their interests are or what they're doing. And we all love to, to connect, but I think in new relationships, it's so important to just try to be as much of yourself as possible, because as much as we love someone, when we are not projecting our authentic self, we then have to clear all that away. And there's this now sense of mistrust because it's, they had no idea that wasn't you and that you were just accommodating them and yeah, just keep it real. And you don't have to put it all on the table. You can just listen a lot and share what you need to, but just make sure I think that not that some people that's what they do is they are people pleasers. So that is still them, but it's like relationships after a few your tendencies. So you can be like, Hey, by the way, I'm letting you know, we're jump. We're taking this to the romantic level. I tend to do this. I tend to do that. Just be be aware. That's a aspect that comes out of myself that might not be healthy. Yeah, I feel like with relationships, it's just best to be true to yourself. And the biggest issue I think is for me is that I really tended to feel that what made other people them. I was like, oh, I see that, and that's so important. So let me just accommodate that and. Now I'm like, okay, I can accommodate that, but then I also need to accommodate me and my truth. And I know that other people like this about me, but this triggers someone else and just be like, okay, maybe we should just be friends. And then toxic stuff, you know what you can, that's when you're just trying your hardest and you realize that we don't need to be in the same arena, at least at this point in life, we don't need to be in each other's energetic field because it's too triggering and maybe a few more relationships and there can be 
more of a balanced equanimity, but at the, like, that's the, just being honest and true, I think is the best thing we can do in a relationship. Do you have anything to add, Chris? All right. So I'm forgetting who it was that said this, but basically you don't actually know what your limits are on anything, probably until you've gone past them. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that as unpleasant as the probably toxic parts of relationships are, that's probably where you're going to learn the most about yourself and other people, even if you don't realize it until a long time later. And sorry, I'm just getting like a, when people get butterflies in their stomach, like I tend, my butterflies have teeth and they're eating me. And that is actually how I feel it is when you meet somebody new that you like, because the older that I get, the more that I think I know about myself. And this also brings me back to Ram Das. It's just, oh man, if they learn this, then they're going to learn that. And if they learn that, then they're going to know that. And then it's just this endless, you just have to accept however it is that you present to another person because you never really know. And when you're lucky, you look up and it's just, it's just love. And then sometimes it's not love. And sometimes it's like rejection or whatever else. But man, this is also going to take me on the Scorpio tangent because, <laughs> uh, I, a son, am a Scorpio, and I have often gotten that I am the least Scorpio that most people have met, but that's just because I'm such a Scorpio, <laughs> which secretly, I have so many impressions running through me at any given point that it's hard to communicate in conversation. So it's like, naturally, you want the best impression to be put upon the other person. So you pick and choose the ones uh, that are nice. And then the other stuff gets left for later when it inevitably comes out and things that maybe the other person thought were irrelevant, but are secretly stabbing you in the back. And yeah, the honesty, dude, we could definitely all go through life, like just being alone or as I did, just living somewhere, but not really because you're always out because actually you don't want to interact with people on a deep level. And I don't know, a lot of people, I myself have coasted on that at points, but at the end of the day, not necessarily literally, it, it, I was going to say it's nice to be naked around everybody because yeah, I don't know. We're all mirrors. And if your mirror could speak to you, then I'm going all over the place. Back to you, Monica. <laughs> no, that was great. I, I love that you brought that up actually, because relationships are mirrors and sometimes they mirror uncomfortable things, sometimes really pleasant things and fun things. So it really is about learning the balance. And like you said, Chris, understanding your limits and you too, Mel, with when we come and realize what are the triggers and is this dynamic healthy um, and does it promote flow? And as we were chatting too, I, I, want, I wanted to bring up this question, which um, I was actually, before we started recording, I mentioned it to uh, both Chris and Mel, and I'd love to get their their thoughts on the mic about it. But the the interesting thing that happens in a couple, in a romantic couple, of when one person is going to therapy, working on themselves actively, but then the other person is unwilling and thinks that they may not need to do those things, and how that creates so much chaos and it does not promote equanimity at all. So <laughs> in my opinion, so I would love to just get Chris and Mel's thoughts on this. Cause I feel like this is definitely something I've experienced and what ended up happening in my relationship was that I ended up having to break up with the person because it just wasn't fair. And I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there that may feel the same way. So 
yeah, I'd love to, who'd like to start? I think therapy in particular, I feel like I have the complicated relationship with a perfect relationship that illustrates this, I think is the love triangle between me, my sister and my mom, because my mom comes from a different generation, obviously, also different country and different culture where I feel, I don't know, family systems and ways of presenting to your family are very clear cut. And it's just like, you can't question your elders, et cetera, et cetera. My sister has been going to therapy for a long time. And yeah, it's just, sometimes I question the way that hits for her because a lot of the time it'll just be like, there's like a clear cut boundary. And then if you cross it, then I'm just going to stop talking to you. And um, I don't know if that's how therapy just works in general. I guess this is a good time to to present my idea that while I, I feel like I understand and agree with a lot of the principles behind therapy, sometimes like the way that it comes off is like avoidant. And I don't know, at the same time, in the context of me going after the situations that kind of uh, kill me inside, and a lot of people don't want to do that. But then at the same time, I think that it is a really real and like useful thing to try to meet people where they're at, because a lot of people didn't have access to therapy or access to a community that promoted anything like self-exploration <sighs> feelings. Thanks, Mel. And in general, like I said, I think that I agree with the principles of being really adventurous and is it inquisitory the word that I'm looking for? I don't know because inquisitive, I don't want to be an inquisition. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, just curious about the ways that we, we feel and the ways that we interact with people that it's, this is my mom and my sister. It's I want to keep them around regardless. And I don't know. I, I guess I just wonder about the goals of therapy and how they intersect with self-exploration and other avenues, especially when, I don't know, say you don't have health insurance. And it's like, how do you access that? And I'm going to leave it on this part, but I think that for me, who historically has had very little access to third-party advice about things, I have turned a lot to psychedelics. And those those have been a rabbit hole. Back to you, Mel. Said, brother. Yeah, I think we're all doing our best. We're all doing our best. And I think I love what you said about meeting people where they are because that's where we can meet them. We, If we go any further with some people, it's a lot of suffering. And I think I love that you brought up family as well, because we're born with these, this crew of people, whether it's just the squadron. So we don't have a choice. And I think family is so perfect because you can look and be like, okay, we're all supposed to be close, but you know what? We don't have to be. This person really needs me to show up for them in these ways. And I don't naturally show up in those ways. Now, I think it's really beautiful to slowly evolve and really question why you can't show up in those ways. And maybe that will change over the years. But the being honest about where it's at, meeting people where they are, meeting yourself where you are, that takes the suffering and the judgment out of it. I think they're same thing. We can I feel that family shows us a a crew of people and you can't really change them because they're, it's like raw and there's no 
hey, let's come and meet in the middle here until you get there. You have to circle back with family a lot. Some of us, hey, are blessed and have just a great family dynamic, but I don't think most of us, we had to work and are still working. And I think intimate relationships, they don't have to look perfect. We meet our family. We, cho- we choose our family when it comes to our friends. And that's where we feel like, oh, I'm in this space where I can just be me and I don't have to apologize constantly. I don't have to step on people's toes. So then that helps us heal with our family because we can accept them and know that they're just being them and they're not trying to step on our toes. They're just being themselves. And as far as therapy goes, I feel like romantic relationships are more like family where they're the friend first and the attraction is there, but then you go deeper with each other and you're in it. You're in, you can get lost in the sauce very easily, but it can get very painful in a romantic relationship. And yet you can still be growing together just like with family and boundaries have to be erected with romantic relationships and with family for them, for that to flow. But friendships are the space where we can just be ourselves. So I think that what you were saying about therapy, I think that sometimes people choose therapists that are just going to be a friend. So just going to be an echo chamber for whatever it is that they're going through and to just have somebody to listen and allow them to just be them, which some of us need at times, but we also need, I think a therapist who can fluctuate between being the friend and being the kind of like more parental unit of saying true, but what about this other side of the story? And why is it okay to just be this way? When, if you look at the whole picture, there's two sides and all day long, we can be like, this person hurt me, but there's a, a real good therapist takes us out of our victimhood, I think. Wow. And I think that we, I'm not, I don't, I think therapy is really good. Some people find therapy in their friendships and family dynamic. If you can zoom out enough to realize that both are true and both are offering you a grist for the mill stuff to work on. And I think we can victimize ourselves very easily by just curating our own little isolated group and being in this echo chamber and thinking that we never have to change. And that's why some people feel that they never have to change. So I think coming to certain truths is painful and some people don't want to experience pain and that's okay too. That's a different journey, but I'm trying to fucking grow and I'm down to get scabs and scraped up and along the way and shed skins and die several times as difficult as it has been. I honor myself for that. Man, thank you both. I appreciate all those perspectives a lot. Yeah, it was like sinking in all those words. But I love that you did bring up the biases that can happen, Chris, with therapy and also the importance of finding a good therapist. It's not going to happen the first time, maybe not the second or the third. It's just about, in a way, it's like you said, Mel, it's like figuring it out. And, and dating in a way of just fishing around and see, okay, what's the best for me to grow? What's going to challenge me, but at the same time, offer compassion. And what you said to Mel about understanding that, like, your dynamic of yourself is to grow and making sure that whoever you engage 
in a romantic dance with that person wants the same thing. And I think that's the most important thing at the beginning, like you were saying too, about being honest with yourself. Like if growth is really important to you, then make sure you're with somebody that's their priority as well. Because if it's not, that's going to catch up. And it certainly did for me in my past. So for anybody that might be struggling with that, hopefully that adds some perspective and reassurance to that you're not alone. But I think I think to close the conversation, I would love to just whatever you all want to share, whatever lingering thoughts, whether it's pertaining to what we've been talking about relationships or going back more to what's helped you or what continues to help you in your daily life. One thing that I've been contemplating a lot on too lately is just the importance of self-discipline when it comes to taking care of yourself. And it's, it's, I've done this many times where I'm like, oh, I'm doing great. Maybe I lax a little bit on my daily practices and then shit hits the fan. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I I can't be lax. So yeah, if you want to talk about that or whatever uh, resonates right now. All right. In closing, one of the first things I wanted to say get out of my head Mel. <laughs> like in the middle of you talking about the therapy earlier, like I put my finger up. I was just like, yo, but then you like, right after I did that, you just said what I was going to say. And honestly, I'm offended, but I can accept that. And, but yeah, I did want to t- uh, touch on the echo chamber that we were talking about just a second ago, because that's like the I think the crux of the culture, but also what I love so much about adventuring is you can get into a place where you're just going to parties and everybody just agrees with what you say. And it's, I feel like that was uh, not entirely my experience when I lived in San Francisco for a long time, but as my best friend in the world put it, sometimes you're just like sucking each other's dicks and pretending you like it all the time. And it's, (laughs) That's like not a great place to be. And on one hand, Vegas is, oh man, Vegas is so much. But I will say that almost nobody agrees with me most of the time here, (laughs) which is honestly great because then I feel just like with relationships and conflicts, it's just, you just run into something and then whatever is not true flakes off. And then you can be more and more yourself with every, everyone that passes. And that's all that's occurring to me right now. Back to you, Mel. Yeah, man. To close, I would just say, honor it all, embrace it all. Relationships are the best way to grow and to understand ourselves as long as you don't lose yourself. And even if you do lose yourself, it's telling, it's telling you something. And Chris mentioned that he's a Scorpio. I'm a Leo. And Water and fire don't usually mix because of many things, but I think both of us have worked on ourselves enough to know that you don't get to just identify with your compulsive tendencies as a human. And just because you are a certain way doesn't mean the other person has to succumb to that. And when you can have differences and meet in the middle And both people are willing to either bring their energy out more or bring their energy in more based on what they're naturally inclined to do for the other person. There's this mutual respect. And I think that's what a healthy relationship is 
when they're not willing to grow and they're not willing to move their energy back just a little bit and listen and hear you out and triggering is fine. We're all human beings. We're going to trigger each other. I don't know. That's just part of life. The trigger is like an opportunity in my mind. And when you keep on hitting a wall, it's like, maybe the reality is that you need your space and that's still working on the relationship. It's still honoring the other person and, and what they can offer. But I've really learned as my Leo self that, and a fire sign, I, all my energy is outside of me. I'm just like, Hey, I'm me. This is what you get. You want to know anything I'm going to tell you. It's all right out here and take it or leave it. And I think water energy is more inward and more reflective and more like you have to coax them out. And if you don't make space for that, because your energy, you're so tied up in the idea of this is me, then you're not, it's, you're missing out, man. I think relationships, the biggest thing that relationships teach us is if we can honor ourselves and what, how we react and navigate in this world, then we can also honor somebody else and respect somebody else enough to let the energies coalesce in a really balanced, beautiful way without having to sacrifice our authenticity. And yeah, it's a beautiful dynamic when things aren't naturally inclined to mix, but because of consciousness and self-awareness, they can. I feel like those are the spaces where so much more growth and creativity can be present. There's a wholeness there. Thank you, Mel. And thank you, Chris. I appreciate all of your perspectives. And yeah, I feel like a lot of this I wanted to hear and needed to hear too. So I appreciate it. So yeah. So before we finish, definitely want to get the word out on how people can find you. What's the best way to connect with you both? And actually, I didn't ask them before this, but if there is a single, um, we usually show a sing, uh, uh, play a song of the band after. So what song that maybe we could showcase after the episode? But yeah, how can people find you? If you want to find our band pages on Instagram and it is I am Sunbone. We post all of our upcoming shows there. Also, my Instagram is my last name, which is mal.fa.bon. And I also have my music there. Me and Chris are working on recording, but we're trying to get a fire lit under my ass to be more proactive in that. We do so much writing, flow so easily, but trying to record. We don't have music available right now, except for on our Instagrams. So check us out there. And what was that the last part of the question? Oh, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll pass it over to Chris then. All right. One of the things I appreciate most about uh, partnership found in Sunbone is that it's mostly an appreciation for what's going on outside. <laughs> That's right. Cause we make it outside, but yeah, um, you can find my stuff musically and also all my dinky poetry and uh, journal excerpts at uh, on Instagram at what is it today? Kreska. It's <laughs> at C H R E E S K A. There's tons of gossip on there. And yeah, I hope you stop by. I was going to say in closing, can we do bark. a bark is what I was going to go for. I yeah. <laughs> no, and then the other great thing about other great thing about the bark, dude, I don't know about y'all, but rather than animal energy, I feel like I identify as a young redwood. And I think it's funny that even in the dog bark, I'm still expressing myself 
in my bark. <laughs> I had to, I had to, I got to do it to you. I'm sorry. All right, so on three. So one, two. <laughs> that was great. I've never barked on here, so <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I also identify like a tree, Chris. Right. I really do. So that's the first time that I've heard another person say that. A lot of people think I'm strange when I say that. So it's great to hear another person say the same thing. But wonderful. And again, I'll, I'll be including all the links in the description. But, but Sunbun is also spelled S-U-N-B-O-N-E. And again, I'll be putting that in the description. But, uh, but yeah, thank you, Mel. Thank you, Chris. This has been super fun. I really appreciate both of your insights and just getting to hear more about your journeys and perspectives. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you everybody, for listening. And until next time, see you.